is a Furnished Brothers production. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talkin' Buds podcast. It is the Talkin' Buds podcast. It's the Talkin' Buds podcast, folks. Talkin' Buds podcast. Season 2, Talkin' Buds podcast. Let's go. All he's got to do is get in the weight room and, oh, baby, he'll be a good pro in no time. Good pro. Stinks. Absolutely stinks. Stanley Cup? How about let's just run around? What a dummy. You just know that Babs was looking to see if there was any gas left in the tank of that good pro. This, 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 this is the Talking Buds Podcast. And now, here's your host, Rob and Ryan. Ryan, when we started the Talking Buds podcast at the beginning of last season, in my mind, there was no way that I anticipated that this day would ever come. And as last season went on, you started to feel, you know, there's something wrong here. There... This seems to be a square peg, round hole situation. Something's not quite the right fit. Then, when we went into the first round, and how the first round ended, and some of the decisions that were made, you really started to think, you know what? This, um, this doesn't seem right. Something wrong here. Fast forward to training camp this year. Kind of a awkward, underwhelming training camp. Um, we are now a quarter of the way through the season. The record is 9, 10, and 4 in the midst of a six-game losing streak. And today... The Toronto Maple Leafs, specifically Brendan Shanahan, announced that Mike Babcock is no longer the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he will be immediately replaced by Sheldon Keefe, who will is not apparently, who will not apparently, excuse me, have an interim tag. He is the head coach. I, uh, we've talked for weeks on this show about this being a possibility, but to say I wasn't taken aback and a bit shocked today when it happened would be a lie. Um, let me know your reaction when you heard the news today. Shocked as in just hearing the news. That's what shocked me. The, when you when you think about it, and we've been discussing this all season, so it felt like it was coming at some point. But the fact that it was today, and we thought he could last the season, last the rest of the road trip, try to get out of this thing, but just hearing that news break live on radio while I'm in the car driving... It was like, whoa, it's it's over. It's over. And it's over because it is ugly right now. Really, I, really ugly. If I can pat myself on the back for a second. I have said since our the beginning of training camp this year that the only way that I envisioned Babcock being fired in season 
was if they went on a serious losing skid. They've now lost six in a row. And I think we can all agree that the writing was on the wall after the absolute debacle in Pittsburgh on Saturday night. That would be putting it nicely. Debacle. So I want I want to I want to reflect a little bit here, Ryan. Like we we I like we can we can get into the team a little later and talk about like the performance and the players a little later. But I, I want to reflect on the Babcock era because you know you, the news comes out and you're processing it and you're thinking about all these things and all these different emotions. And Ryan, I vividly remember five years ago tracking the MLSE private plane refreshing Twitter constantly all day long for an update is he coming did they get him and I I was when he signed here Ryan I like the rest of Leafs Nation was totally overjoyed yeah, there was there was a serious honeymoon honeymoon period that followed after that hiring too. Like we were tracking it, we wanted it, and the reason why we loved it so much at the time and why it was such a big deal is put yourself in the time machine and think about what was going on before he, he got here. Peter Horachuk. It was an absolute joke. So, just Mike Babcock, Olympic gold winning coach, been to the cup final a couple times, won one cup. He's got a big kind of personality without being kind of brash or like too arrogant. He's got a huge ego, but he just speaks in his Babcock language. But Mike Babcock signing here was like the first step towards this team finally becoming somewhat legit again this was the first step they had to take and Brendan Shanahan went out of his way and MLSE pulled out their checkbook to make sure they brought this guy here and that's what started bringing credibility back to this franchise he brought credibility he brought organization he brought a sense of you're right. You're absolutely right. Like respectability back to this franchise that yeah. was coming out the other end of the the Brian Burke, Dave Nonis, Ron Wilson, Randy Carlisle, Peter Horacek disaster. Yeah, nightmare. Absolute nightmare. And that's also, well, I should say the first step was maybe Brennan Shanahan signing as the president. But yeah. that's just the president. He, he, still, he had to go through that year with... With Peter Horacek, and he did that year. But as soon as he brought brought Babcock here, like it, it was a name that, and he was regarded as one of the best coaches in the league. Like we had Peter Horacek before. Yeah, like the upgrade was 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 real. So like I remember being just as stoked as you were when they signed him, and was stoked for a year or two after that. He so. Let's go with that. He comes in. They have the the tank season, which is like the most perfect tank season you could possibly have. They finish in dead last, get the first round pick, but they were in every game that year. Then the first year with Matthews and Marner and Nylander, they overachieve. They make the playoffs. They, They play tough against a Washington Capitol team and eventually get eliminated and everything's gravy. Everything's good. Then the year after that, they make the playoffs again. 100-point season. Um, his best season. Boston. His yeah. best season behind the bench in the regular season. Agreed. Agreed. They they lose to Boston. Um, they lose the following year. Last year, last year as, as I said earlier in my opening diatribe, they... It started to go off the rails last year. Last year was when we really started to look and say, I don't really agree with the decisions that are being made when it comes to the deployment of the roster. Um, and Fourth the, the line st- being yeah, on the ice. Yeah, the, the, style, 
the style that you're insisting this team play. Um, and then they get eliminated by Boston last year, and and, and there was the whole um, argument about Matthews ice time and Marlowe on the ice in the last in the final minutes of Game Seven, and we 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 were saying at the end of the first round last year, it was time to let him go. They didn't let him go. They bring they bring him back this year. It's been a disaster. And some would say I'm of the opinion they waited too long. They probably should have done it at the end of the season last year. But oh, but that was a human being situation to me. That wasn't yeah. a business thing. That was like this is Brendan Shanahan's guy. Like there's a reason why Brendan Shanahan was in front of the mics today. Why his name was brought up more than Kyle's name today. Regarding all this Babcock information. So, like... Where did he go wrong, in your opinion, Ryan? Where did Babcock go wrong? Yeah, like, where did this go off the rails? Oh, man, I just... There's so much to unpack when discussing Mike Babcock. It's... it's You want to just narrow it down to one reason... But, like, there's just so many different things. Like, to me, just him as a person, his sayings, the way he speaks, how repetitive he is in his interviews with the networks. We got to keep grinding. Like, just the Babcock-isms. Like, I got so tired of that. Like, as a fan and as someone who watches all the games and follows his team, I got sick of that. But I think where it really went wrong was when Kyle Dubas became the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That that that's it right there. Yeah. Just two completely different stylistic views going head to head. Mike has an older guy kind of in that old boys club, extremely Huge set in ego. his ways. Yeah, extremely yeah. set in his ways. So stubborn because he is the biggest ego on planet earth and he thinks what he's doing is the way to do it and no one's going to convince him otherwise. Like, no way. So, I think where it all went wrong, like, forget the performance, forget the deployment of the fourth line, whatever. It's It was bound to happen sooner than later because the general manager comes in, he's handed the keys. He We already see the guy coaching the Marlies, Sheldon Keefe. Like, we already know he's being groomed for this position. And they've been together in the OHL and the AHL. And it's just... It took this kind of losing streak, to your point earlier, for him to finally pull the trigger on it. But it it's a bunch of things that add up, but it's just the two of them cannot coexist. They couldn't. And I feel like we all kind of foreshadowed that and kind of saw the early signs of that last year. Like, you knew they weren't getting along and seeing eye to eye over everything. And You know, Babcock looks at him like some little nerd and... Kyle Dubas looks like a Babcock, like he's some like kind of stubborn buffoon, arrogant coach. Like they just they they don't they don't gel. It was no. bound to happen. Yeah, it like for me, it's like I hope Mike takes some time off and well, he's reflects. getting paid. He he could take yeah. some time. He can afford to take some time off and reflects on his time here and really learns and says you know what like listen it's great to have a set of beliefs it's great to have a plan but you also need to be willing to deviate from that plan and nothing is more like I'm sort of leaning today like you did it to yourself and look no further than the game last night against the Vegas Golden Knights your team has lost five in a row. Five in a row. You, you're you down. You need a goal with six minutes to play. And there's Freddie the Goat and Pierre Engvall. Well, my, big, my biggest problem with that is forget that game situation. They shouldn't even be in the lineup anyways. Like, they've had their chance. The Goat has had his chance, man. 
But that's, again, where Babcock comes in. Some guy's going to sit in the press box for the whole year because Babcock can't stand him. And some guy that we all watch and think sucks and does suck is going to see a enormous amount of ice time. And it's going to drive the media and the fans crazy. And I don't know for sure, but it probably drives the general manager kind of crazy sometimes. And just just to clarify, I'm not chirping Pierre Engvall. I actually thought he was pretty good last night. But the point is... Yeah, no, we get what your point is. It's he's like, got the fourth line out on the ice. He's got... Yeah. Freddie, like, it's like, Mike... Like, like, what are you, what are you thinking? What are you thinking, man? I just think he's an extremely polarizing human being to, no, to be yeah. involved with. Like, well, you, you either gonna love the way he does things and the way he gets on you and the way he interacts with you, or you're going to think he is a complete idiot and want <laughs> him to shut up. Ryan, I'm looking at this players. roster right now. Ryan, I'm looking at this roster right now. There are two guys who I think are really bummed out to see Babs go today. I want you to guess who they prob- who both those guys are. Zach Hyman for sure. Oh, okay, fine. Never mind. Three guys. There's three oh guys God, who really you didn't have Hyman in there. No, I didn't have Hyman in there. I, I feel like Hyman's just the type of guy where it's I think like Nick Shore maybe. Uh, no, Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley and John Tavares are the only two guys who okay fine the two guys in the leadership core okay yeah are explain, Riley. explain yourself explain yourself cuz they they apparently they asked for a meet each one of them individually asked for a meeting with Babs after the Pittsburgh debacle to say we're with you we're going to try and sort this out uh, apparently it was speculated that that a huge reason why Tavares came here originally is because of Babcock um I, I, like do you think for one second that Austin Matthews is and listen, I'm not sitting here saying that these guys are going out celebrating that this guy just got fired. Because if they are, you you guys are pathetic human beings. I don't believe they're doing that. But you think for one second that Austin Matthews is in, inside a little bit relieved that like I can have a fresh start now? Yeah, I would be too. Yeah, I would be too. Sheldon keeps coming in to coach this team, and he knows one thing that Austin Matthews is his best player. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna get a whole new opportunity. I totally totally get that. But I, I just, my problem, okay, like, I have two things about this firing. Number one, I am also in the Austin Matthews camp, but that I am relieved he got fired. Because of the Babcock-isms, because of the whole sticking a guy in a press box, because of the fourth line minutes, because of the minutes overall, because he his inability to change and adapt and do anything differently than, than than what he thinks is the best way to do it. Which, he's a smart guy, like, no doubt. Like, he's not an idiot. But, like, there's no way one human being has the best way to do everything. And that, that's the way they're going to do it all the time. Successful people adapt and change and do things and get with the times. The definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah, and, like, there's there's... Like all that stuff, and his, and his, like he's got a huge ego. His, we got to keep grinding. We got to keep grinding after every game. It's like, dude, ah, like that. That is why I'm relieved he got fired. But on the other side of it, when you look at th- the characters, the characters on this roster, and the kind of character they have. Like, he was handed a tough deal looking at it now, looking at that roster and the way they've performed oh, this year. No doubt about it. But and he's he would be better off coaching a group of guys that are going guys. to... Yeah, veteran guys, exactly. Like, yeah. look at the guys he, he was had a positive effect on. Nazem Kadri, Jake Gardner, uh, James Van Riemsdyk. Morgan Riley. Ron Hainsey, like... He, he had an ability to come in and, like, kind of give a boost to a veteran guy or to do, like, a couple players who are kind of more grindy. Like, Zach Hyman probably wouldn't be the Zach Hyman he is right now without Mike Babcock because Babcock loved him. And if yeah. he loved you, like, you're good. But he always – I don't think it drives me crazy about him, 
is the players he loves are always the players that you're like, ah, oh, like, why do we have this guy on in a scoring situation? Yeah, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah, it's just, it's just the outright refusal to load up a line, to try something new, to, like, th- there's been a lot of talk the last week about Tyson Berry because it came out over the weekend that maybe Berry's representatives have reached out to Kyle Dubas to say, um, you know, this really hasn't worked out and he's in a contract year and he wants to get paid. So uh, maybe we could look at potentially moving him. That That's just been speculated that that conversation has been had. And so Tyson Berry's a guy who got 60 points last year. Anyone who watched him, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I watched a whole lot of Tyson Berry before he became a Leaf. Um, anyone who watched him has said that he his bread and butter is the power play. Morgan Riley has not been great through this first part of the season. He's clearly de- dealing with some sort of injury. So again, just an outright refusal to say, hey, we went and got this guy who excels in a power play situation so why not just say hey mo you're hurt take the pp off and we'll we're gonna throw tyson out there try and get him going and it's like that sort of stuff it's the refusal to at least try new things i mean getting if you're morgan riley and you're you're the top dog on this team getting pulled off pp1 like that but Ryan, sucks, he's man. But listen, but the, what you do then is you take him into a room, you sit him down, you say, Morgan, like Ryan, the guy hasn't been practicing. He's clearly dealing with an injury. Yeah, and he's been awful. He hasn't been great yeah. this year. He's been so he's you been sit him down and you himself. say, listen, listen, you need to get better. This isn't a demotion. This isn't a slap in the face. We got this guy. We need to get him going. We've had a, a garbage start to the season. We're gonna try this out, okay? Morgan Riley's a leader on this team, and he's a pro. All right. If yeah, anything, he's a reasonable guy. I feel yeah. like he could have that conversation. And if anything, you would hope that that would then light a spark under Riley to get his game in line. But he, he just won't do it. He's just completely set in his ways. Yeah. Just totally the, set in his ways. That's just one of a zillion examples that we could sit here and do five episodes about of the individual case-by-case things that he's done over the past couple of years that drive us absolutely crazy. But... I'll defend him in one sense. Like, what I've seen out of this group of hockey players, especially the ones making the big cash, it's, I'm not impressed. And if I was a coach, I'd probably not like them too. Like, they, you know, like, I'll kind of defend them in that sense. Like, watching these games, like, yeah, like, Mike, to me, Mike Babcock is coaching is not why you lose. You get absolutely embarrassed six to one against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's a bunch of grown men going on the ice and doing absolutely nothing with no effort, no care in the world. And if you're not going to care because you don't like your coach, you're not going to show up and play because you don't like your coach. Like that's a joke. Like, no, no, yeah, they, they, I, those group of guys can't go out and have a game like that. I don't care if I'm coaching the team. Like anybody could be coaching that hockey team. If that group of players go out and display that type of Rob, that was easily my least favorite hockey game I can remember in a long time. They got absolutely dominated. Every single chance that the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Penguins had in that hockey game was a two on one, three on two, two on zero. Oh, breakaway odd man rushes all over the place shots from the coach do you buy has an the notion that his system has handcuffed these guys to the point that they are not um like when i look at a guy like tyson berry for instance he's he's out there and he's just completely he's thinking way too much way 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 too much yeah he's in his no doubt like Tyson Berry he's that guy's in his own head but the whole system conversation thinking about it is kind of confusing me a little bit with the fan base and Babcock's messaging like Babcock's messaging is we want to play in tight hockey games we want to bury down defensively 
we want to win two on hockey games. And if the, if the game ends up 7-5, he comes out and he goes, oh, that was a fun game, eh? Well, a lot better if it was 2-1. Yeah. So why would his system to be... Like, his system would not be a stretch pass. Like, maybe if he implements it when you have the opportunity. But I have a hard time, Mike Babcock, who loves defense, who loves shutting teams down in the defensive zone. Those are the words that come out of his mouth. That's what he loves in hockey. Why would he make his system just an all-around run-and-gun, don't-care-about-defensive hockey? Why would he do that? I don't think think that was his system. system. No, I don't think that was his system. I think Babcock... I think the one thing that Dubas and Babs had in common is they they value skilled players. But I think where they um, saw things differently is Babcock valued defense. Kyle Dubas values scoring goals. And if you have the puck, it makes the importance of playing defense, like it's, it's not as important, right? So I think Babs, so, so Dubas has built this team to win 6-5. And Babs is trying to coach them in a system where they win 2-1. And... It's so I think the, the, Ryan, they're terrible in their defensive zone. Yeah. Like just terrible, right? So well, like don't don't give me this if they're like made to win six five every night, don't give me this that Babcock should tailor his system to that. We crucified Randy Carlisle for that. Yeah. Yeah. Crucified him. Yeah. And they made yeah. the playoffs that way year with, with Phil and all those guys, but we dummied him over that. So, like, Mike's not going to change his system to be a 6-5 team. They're still going to be just as bad defensively. They, they, they looks like they're playing like that sometimes. But, like, it's not even that. Like, it's just, this is a whole, I don't want to get too far into, like, the, the whole player conversation of how brutal they are. But it's, I just have a hard time Mike going in and, like, putting in a, I know he likes an active D. So, Sometimes D can get caught out too far. Sometimes he get caught in a pinch in the ozone. Like I know he loves the active D, but I just I've heard the conversation about the system. I have a hard time believing he made a system all about the stretch pass, even though it looks like that. It does. It totally does look like that. Um. So he he did um he did make a statement. Um. I'll read it to everybody right now. He said. Larry Tannenbaum talked me into going to Toronto. I would have never gone until I met Larry. He's one of the finest people I've ever met. Had an absolute riot and met another friend for life in Lou Lamorello. I thought we did an amazing job taking a franchise from where it was to where we had 100-point seasons. We set franchise records, if I'm not mistaken, and got into the playoffs. I'm disappointed. We didn't have the start to the year we wanted, and that's on me. I want to thank the fans. I want to thank the media. I want to thank the city. It was spectacular. I loved every second of it. And I wish the new group nothing but success. Morgan Riley has been there the whole time. I can't thank him enough. And all the players got an oppor- all the players I got an opportunity to coach. It's been fantastic and I wish them nothing but success. So he thanks Larry Tannenbaum, Lou Lamorello, and Morgan Riley. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just so him. No, I wouldn't expect anything yeah, I know. different no th- from the guy. No thanks to Brendan Shanahan. No thanks to Doobie. No thanks yeah. to. I don't uh, think him and Kyle you, are you, gonna be be texting anytime soon. Austin, you, you know who else ain't getting a text from Babs anytime soon? Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews, yeah. He, he ain't getting a text from Babs anytime soon. Yeah, but sometimes Austin Matthews is a spoiled little kid. Like he, he drives me like I don't I don't want to go too far into that rivalry, but he will not be sending him a thank you text. Did you um did you watch the um Brendan Shanahan uh news conference? Three second news conference? I want to pull a quote out of there where he said, we're mistake prone on defense. The attention to details aren't there. Even the explosive offense our team was known for has been missing for a while now. So, well, maybe if you didn't tie up half your salary cap with four hockey players who are playing horribly, yeah. you would see that. 
Okay. Maybe you would see that, Brendan. Before we move into the next block and talk about the new head coach, Ryan, I want your favorite. I'm sorry to put you on the spot here, buddy, but I want your favorite Mike Babcock memory right now. Oh, man. I wish I had time to think about this. Yeah, yeah. Just Just take a second to think about it. My, <laughs> oh, yeah. I know there was one like epic thing he said one time that was amazing. Like, all the good, all the for me, it's just all the good lines like grinding, yeah, dude, I was drive say, train. You know what I'm gonna miss the most about the weight room? Like, yeah, like the, our whole intro to our show has to change now. Yeah, it does. It's literally all Babcock quotes. Yep. Yeah, that's what's making me the most sad. Yeah, I know. We it's true. Oh my god! I didn't even think of that until just now. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I, just, I I started. I'm like, oh great! Now I gotta make a new intro. Thanks, yeah. Ma- thanks, Kyle. Yeah. Put more work on my shoulders. Thanks, Bud. Let's, okay, fine then. Let's do this. What are your favorite Babcock lines? Drive train. Yeah, drive train's a good one. The uh, weight. Oh, talking about guys in the weight room grinding. I think, I think good pro. Is good the, pro. Is the goat. That's good the goat family man. Yeah, I think big good, asses. Good pro is the goat of Babcock yeah. Yeah. lines. Oh yeah, good pro, good yeah. family man. You show I up was, each and every day. Yeah, I was not a fan of the the keep grinding after every game. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that was All right, painful. Ryan. In closing on this Mike Babcock thing, the guy. If this team goes on to have success. Mike Babcock absolutely deserves credit for it because he came here. He restored order, respect, and credibility to this franchise. I'm going to pour one out for Mike Babcock tonight. Thank you for your time here, sir. However, it's just it was time to move on. So anything you'd like to add to that, Ryan? Yeah, Mike, you know, I don't hate, like, I don't hate Mike I, I love him as a guy. He makes me laugh. All the lines we say about him. He drives you crazy. He makes you laugh. But he just he just brought the the three playoff appearances in a row after not making the playoffs for ten years. Like that's just what he did. And that that means a lot to me as a Leaf fan because there was a lot of time in between those ten years where they didn't make the playoffs where it was it, it was, was dark. Dark. Like yeah. it was, it was like next like right now seems bad, but I wish we could just go back to like 2012 and like 2011, 2010 and watch those years and be like, ah, it's not, not that, that bad. bad. So, you know what? I'll, um, I'm going to, I'm going to open a beer for Mike yeah, right yeah. now. Here you go, yeah. Mike. There you go. Yeah. There pour go, one Mike. out for Babs. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the show. If you like the show and want to support us, give us a follow on Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate all your support. Thank you. Now, 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 let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf Podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. Like that, Ryan. We move into the Sheldon Keefe era of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He will make his debut behind the bench on Thursday night in Arizona, Austin Matthews' hometown. Ironically, before we talk about Sheldon Keefe, though, I want to talk about Brendan Shanahan. Shanahan was the one who brought Mike Babcock here. I think we can all agree that he waited a little too long to pull the trigger in defense of Brandon Shanahan. How'd you like to go? Yeah. It's a tough conversation. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you like to go to the MLS board? Yeah. Hi, five years ago, I convinced you guys to pay 50 million, pay this guy $50 million. And now I want to fire him. 
Not to mention the fact, as I read the Mike Babcock quote earlier, he's buddies with Larry Tannenbaum. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's a, there's a human element to it. Like, that I can understand. Like, if I put myself in, like, forget the hockey, forget uh, the team, the record, the contracts, whatever. Just going in and firing someone you spent a lot of money on and someone you probably have a good relationship with away from the rink like that that's that's tough man that that's challenging so this brings us to Brendan Shanahan's right-hand man the Maple Leaf general manager Kyle Dubas the number one thing that I am looking forward to the most with this Sheldon Keefe promotion is that we are finally going to get to see if the Kyle Dubas all skill experiment is going to work because I I can't wait. Yeah. Because I think you could always, you can always make the argument that Babcock and listen, if you follow me on Twitter, I've been very critical of Kyle Dubas. All right. Kyle Dubas, like the fact that we can't go out and get an NHL caliber backup goalie and have to start Casimir Kaskasuo is directly on the shoulders of Kyle Dubas, okay? So he yeah, is yeah. not blame-free in this. But and, and you know why they can't get a goalie? Because he can't do his job properly, Rob. Yeah, yeah. So what? But Ryan, but a friend of mine, coworker, the Hooger, made a good point to me yesterday. He said, "I'm not comfortable judging Kyle Dubas until he has the coach he wants." playing the system that he envisions for this team. And I think that's a fair point. So we're finally going to get to see if this experiment is going to work or not. Because let me tell you something, Ryan. If it isn't, William Nylander better be packing his bags in the offseason because he's going to be out of here so fast your head will spin. And before you Nylander soldiers come and attack me, that isn't even about his play. It's about the fact that he has easily has the most tradable contract of the big four. So we're going to sit back, relax. Cause when you think about it, Ryan, it's November. Okay. We've got months of Sheldon Keith Leafs hockey to watch. It's not like he's taken over in March. Yeah. And we're going to get, we're going to get to see him for a month and then it'll be off to next year. It's like, we're getting like, Three quarters of a season with Sheldon Keefe behind the bench. What are your thoughts on that notion? I, I like, I, in like a perfect hockey world, that totally makes sense to me. Like the general manager likes to hire his own coach, see what happens. They're on the same page. They implement their system, whatever. But in this case, my friend, in this case, the damage is already done that when Sheldon Keefe starts coaching, against the Arizona Coyotes. That damage is done. And I don't want to bring it up again, but you have to. You are paying a ridiculous amount of money for a couple hockey players. And yeah, they might be close to a point a game average. Ooh, watch this team play. Watch those players play every game. They are not good this year. And they are not even close to other top players in this hockey league. And they are getting paid half this salary cap. They can't get a backup goalie because they have no room. They have no room to go get one. So they have to bring up some kid who's going to get absolutely shelled because they can't play defense. And this kid's not an NHL goalie because they decided they wanted to pay all this money. Kyle Dubas got bent over, man. Bent over and all those negotiations. Like, this firing today, like, it brought up emotions with Babcock. But if anything, it just made me really angry at Kyle Dubas. Did I want to lose Austin Matthews off this team? No. Marner? No. Nylander? Probably. But, (laughs) dude, like, those contracts, I'm sorry. You have to keep bringing them up. It is ridiculous. Look at the top players in this league. Look at Marshan and Pasternak play every night. Austin Matthews and William Nylander aren't even close to that. 
And the only way you're going to be a successful hockey team in this league and have any chance to win is if those two guys start playing like Marchand and Pasternak every single night. So it is ridiculous. Okay. But okay. But let's, let's listen. So this is the reality for this season. You're paying those guys that money. So Ryan, you're Sheldon Keefe. You are addressing, I, I bet you it's happening tonight. He probably got on a bird and flew to Arizona. They're probably meeting in the hotel tonight. What are you saying? Like, realistically, no emotion. Put yourself in Sheldon Keefe's shoes. What are what are you saying to the team tonight? Specifically, the star players. I am going to run you into the ground. I'm going to play you more than Mike played you. In oh, key yeah. situations. Yeah. Because I need to see what I have here with you. Because yeah. from the tape this season, I don't care if Austin Matthews almost has a point a game. I don't care. If you're a Leaf fan and you watch him shift by shift, he is abysmal. Yeah. In, in you, his if own I'm, end. If I'm Sheldon Keefe, I'm coming in and I'm trying to establish two things. One, I know you guys had a salty relationship with Babs. I'm not coming in here to be your best buddy. All right. I'm coming in here to be your coach. I'm coming in here to win games. So we paid you guys all this money. You're our horses. We're going to we're gonna live by the sword and die by the sword when it comes to you guys. You're going out there in all the key situations. 100%. And guess what? If you fail, then we know at the end of the season that heads need to roll. And, and man, like Sheldon Keefe, like also if I put myself in Sheldon Keefe's shoes, fan emotion aside, if I'm actually the new coach of the team, I'm going to talk to those players. Keefe also needs to kind of do some work on the social, personal end of getting to know these guys and what makes them tick and what makes them, how to get the best out of them. Mike didn't care about that because Mike wanted to do what Mike wanted to do. But if Sheldon finds out what gets Matthews going, Gets Nylander going, gets Marner going, or at least two of the how many other players are on this hockey team. If he could figure out how to get some of these guys in the best situation possible, feeling the most confident they could feel, and they know they have the confidence in their coach, like that's what Sheldon should really be doing. But what's the one thing that you are most interested to see? Everything. Everything, yeah, I, Rob. For me, everything. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for not me, even one thing. It's literally yeah. the entire from when the puck drops to when the buzzer ends. It's not the power play. It's not the penalty kill. Even though those are abysmal. It's every single thing. I'm going to be watching like a hawk. I'm going to stay up and watch all these late games. Well, there's only one left. Watch. There's only, one, there's only one late game left. Now, whatever. One late game. I'll stay up for the tomorrow late game. Or tonight, I should say. It's... Yep, yep. I'm I'm going to be watching like a hawk, right? For me, it's like uh, tomorrow he's coming in and he's just sort of being placeholder behind the bench. What I want to know is what, like, can we please just get rid of Frederick Gauthier? Like, uh, th- that's what well, yeah, I want to know. Yeah, like, is, is this guy gonna, too? Yeah, is this guy going to come in here and say, "All right, this fourth line is garbage." Although, again, Pierre Engvall actually was pretty good last night. And I come in here and say, Freddie the Goat, you've had so many kicks at the can. You're brutal. We're going to get rid of you. We're going to put somebody else. We're going to call somebody else up from the Marlies, whatever. Because I feel like Keefe has Dubas's ear in a way Babcock never did. So if Keefe goes up to Dubas and says, I want to demote Freddie the Goat, Dubas will be like, done. We're sending yeah, him down to the Marlies. Yeah, they, they're definitely... They're they're definitely tight knit from their history together. Right. You also have to remember, like Sheldon Keefe's coached Frederick Gauthier before. He's coached a lot of these Marlies that are, are on the team now. He has relationship relationships with these guys. He's coached the vast majority of them. The only yeah. ones he hasn't he's not really just, coached he's not before just a is random uh, guy coming in with a fresh eye and kind of making his decisions. He's gonna be. He's gonna have feel some type of way about the guys he's coached. In the Marlies, if he liked coaching them, if he loved having them as players, like 
that's just human nature. I'm so, fascinated to see if there's anyone on the current Marley team that he's like, we're gonna we're gonna bring this guy up. Yeah. Well, I just like, I, I just want to see Nick Shore off the fourth line, man. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing here? Like, I know it's yeah. fourth line shtick, but it's not just the on ice. It's the, like the lineup changes, like you just said, with guys like the GOAT. That's also what is interesting about this. Just all the things that could possibly change because we've been so used to the way Mike does things. To me, that's exciting. Yeah, th- it is exciting. That that's the emotion I'm fe- feeling as well. It's excitement. It's like let's let's get some a new some fresh eyes in here. Um, the two assistant coaches will be retained. Um, <laughs> the the power play is 18th, oh, and the penalty kill crap. is 28th. Dude, the penalty kill. Oh, I know. It's, Whoa, it's horrific. maybe it's horrific. Ron Hainsey wasn't as bad as we thought. I know. I, I knew know. it. I, I always knew it. He I was know. never that bad of a hockey player. It's 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 pretty it's pretty awful. There, he used to play for two minutes straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He even throw Zaitsev in there. As I much know. as I hate to say it, it's at the point now where the Leafs take a penalty. You're like, oh, this is going in the net, dude. It's the difference between a team that's in the playoffs and a team that's not very good. Yeah, like they gave up two power play goals the other night. They well, kill you know those what two else off, is the difference? The you know what else is the the difference between a team that's in the playoffs and a team that's not very good? Effort? To your point earlier, yeah, and well, to your point earlier about the uh, general manager and the way he's managed the salary cap, how many points do the Maple Leafs have from a backup goaltender this season? Zero. Oh no, they have one. <laughs> yeah, <What>? one point. <laughs> garbage. That is, yeah, that is garbage. That's garbage. What is that? I don't know, man. I know, and it's like, ah, know. yeah, man, like it's like I think they're in big trouble if the big boys aren't playing at their absolute best. This team has no shot of winning anything. Well, Ryan, and it's it's, uh, but but you're right. Babcock you wasn't back, getting the absolute best out of them. Exactly. So that yeah. leads me to my next point. Even though I feel that way about the money and everything, I feel like it's just not a successful way to do things. They're going to have a hard time winning. Anything could happen, but I, I feel like it's not a recipe for success. But at the same time, for this year, I am excited to see what Sheldon Keefe could possibly do. Right, and Ryan, like I said, it's it's November. Like, we're... It's not like he's coming in in, like, February or March. And like, they're going to get a bump, too. Like, they're not going to... Like, they're they're... They're a better hockey team than losing six in a row. Like they drive me nuts, man. Like they, they. Well, and, and this they is are why, one of the most frustrating hockey yeah. teams. I've, I, you know, my phone is literally blowing up every single freaking Leaf game that we watch. Every single game, it is blowing up with people just being like, "Dude, I can't believe what we're watching right now." Yeah, what is going on? Yep, this is horrible. Well, it, like, it's and this not is one why person I, has anything positive to say to me. This is why I've been on the the Babs needs to go train is because are the Leafs a cup contender? No, probably not. not probably even not. Close. Right, well, no, Ryan, hear me out. Are they a cup contender? Probably not. No, I would say. Are they better than? Chance. Are they better than nine, ten, and four? Yes, yes, yes. But I, dude, I wouldn't put them on the. I wouldn't put them in the cup conversation. Not a Ryan, chance. Ryan, it's exactly one year ago to the day that the St. Louis Blues were in last place, fired Mike Yo, and replaced him with Craig Berube. Rob, I'm going to play a little game with people. Right. It's hard to play it over a podcast, but I've been playing a game with people I know lately, and it's called Name Me Five People on the St. Louis Blues. And you'd be shocked, man. No one can name five. They can maybe name three. You know what the St. Louis Blues did last year? Win, Win the, the Stanley, Stanley Cup. Cup. You know what their salary cap looks like? You know how many players are making big dough on that team? Not no very one. Many. Yep. Yeah. No one, man. Yeah. Yep. No one. Yeah. That's what discourages me. Yeah. Kyle Dubas can have a vision with Sheldon Keefe. We could be excited about it. Maybe things will change. But this formula, as you've heard. Craig Button say Brian Hayes, everyone who's anything in sports media in this city. If you listen to those radio shows, 
they all say the same thing, and I agree. It's an unproven method of the way he is constructing this hockey team. Yeah, no, I I completely agree, man. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Like I I am a hundred percent there. Like this, there is no guarantee that this is gonna work. And Ryan, dude, they listen. have a tough fight to even get back in a spot here. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan, they're they're like. Like I said, they're better than their record indicates, but they are the softest team in the NHL. Hundred percent, it, dude. It's and not like, even close. It's not this even is, close, man. This is this is the lesson that I think Kyle Dubas will need to learn. I've said this on this show before. Intangibles matter. Like guys 100%. who are willing to go out there and go through a wall matter. Like he, he. And his management group have turned a blind eye to those types of players and that element of the game. And I think it is absolutely something that Kyle Dubas is going to have to realize that we can have a lot of skill, but we can't be all skill if we want to win a Stanley Cup. 100%. But like I said, this team can make the playoffs. I think this team is good enough to make the playoffs. Do I think this team as currently constructed could win four rounds and grueling hockey and have to go through, have to go through a team like the Boston Bruins? Rob, it's it's 0%, man. Yes. They're not even close. Like they're close, like maybe talent on paper. Ooh. But like, dude. They're the softest team in the NHL. They're not winning four rounds against anybody. Yeah, like, I know. no, no. And yeah. I would love for Kyle Dubas to learn his lesson and go out and find whatever he needs to find to make this team better. But yet again, no flexibility whatsoever. And yeah, next it's... year, you're gonna get worse. Yeah. Like, there's people leaving, and you don't have the means to resign. Yeah, the the salary cap situation Dude, is it is killer. Yeah, it's direct. It's killer. Well, again, again, that's what I'm saying. It's like people, people who like the Nylander soldiers get so mad at you. The Nylander disciples. That's what I've taken to calling them. They get so mad when you're like, well, their their Leafs are gonna probably end up trading them, and they're like, why would you trade William Nylander? This is such a stupid take. Like Scotty Mack got annihilated on Twitter today for for suggesting that they should want look at moving William Nylander or he criticize Nylander or something along those lines. Oh, Ryan, they're Dude, I don't Ryan, know any of the all every, Ryan, everybody I have who blows my phone up thinks he, thinks he's useless. You don't well, I want to meet these people. We should Ryan, go set up somewhere. Pick Ryan, up the very difference between you place. and me. The difference between you and me is I spend time on Leaf Twitter. You don't. No, it's a cesspool. I can't. Oh, Ryan, honestly. I can't, man. I can't. Since Saturday, Ryan, it is a cesspool. That's perfect. It's it's weird, man. Since since Saturday night, Leaf Twitter has been bad for one's mental health. Like, just a toxic environment of people just talking smack. And then if you come in there and you say one negative thing about their golden boy, William Nylander, oh my God, they will take the pitchforks out. And I'm not even somebody who hates William Nylander. They will take the pitchforks out and they will skewer you. But at the end of the day, your, your general manager that you all bow to the altar of has set the team up in such a way and paid out the contracts in such a way that if this team bombs they're going to trade him you know why because he has the most tradable contract and you can actually get something back for him because he's at a decent cap hit yeah so throw capitan and Janssen in that too yeah so whether whether you like it or not whether that upsets you or not the reality of the situation that your boy kyle dubas set up is that if this team bombs, William Nylander will be out the door because they will need to change the makeup and the DNA of this roster. And the only way they can do that is by trading assets. And he the, get they ain't trading Tavares. First of all, no one's going to take Tavares at his age at that number. So they ain't trading him. They ain't trading Matthews. And they ain't trading Marner. So guess who's up next? Willie. Yeah. Willie, Willie, Willie boy. So I you can all come at me with your pitchforks. You can all come at me with your pitchforks. And listen, 
check the tape. I have been somebody who I've never really criticized the guy. I've kind of, I've always tried to just keep a neutral stance yeah, and just you, accept you him for what he is. criticize his effort sometimes. Yeah, no, yeah, but like. Dude, that guy I'm, bails on plays. But bails. I'm trying to, I'm trying Runs. to. I'm trying to like keep an even don't keel be, when it comes to him. Just pick a side, man. Pick a, don't be a fence jumper on this guy. Join oh, in. Join in with all of us. Pick a side. Which one are you on, dude? I think. I think <laughs> he leaves a lot to be desired. He leaves a lot to be desired. I think man. he's a skilled you, you just player in the middle. That's fine. no, no. I, he leaves a lot yeah, to be desired. See. I think he's. I think he's a skilled player that's got some upside. But I think he's the type of guy. If you're gonna go to battle, you said it before. I don't know. You want that guy beside yeah. you. But you know what, Ryan? That same criticism could be made of Austin Matthews. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. The guy has nine hits on the year. Yeah, or fifty. Like. A multiple of three, but under 20. Oh, he's got that many hits. He Anyways. is. I couldn't agree. I want to be the we, meme. That guy, that one guy, that meme who's sitting at the table with a sign that says blank, 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 change my mind. I need yeah. to go to like some public place and be like, tell me why William Nylander's good. Change my mind. Oh, I'll argue t- with you all day, baby. All the, all the 23-year-olds on Leaf Twitter will just line oh, up to argue with oh, you. I'll argue, I'll argue all day, baby. Yeah, all oh day. Anyways. So, we got off the rails there. We just I just went on a passionate rant. Anyways. Well, it's just like, well, that's just that's what happens here, bud. Especially this Ryan, season. Negativity. You know oh, what? This is it's the not negative great season. for your life. It's not no, great. It's not. You want to stay away from it. But when it comes to to sports and talking sports, negativity just gives you the content, man. Oh, I know. Well, I was it talking to somebody about that content. today. I was like, I was like, listen, if they were just dummying teams, we would get on here every week. And our ep- yeah, our episodes would be twenty five minutes, and they'd be like, they're so great. They're so good. Matthews is dominating. Yeah. Nylander just scoring on like, yeah, at, you're like at, looking at, at, at the standings, just yeah. being like, oh, I wonder if we're going home ice. Like, yeah, know, like I know. Stupid conversation. And like you're just that. like counting down to April. Yeah. It's like people who do like, uh, well, this year excluded. It's like people in the past who have done a like New England Patriots podcast. It's like, what do you even talk about? Well, they just dummied everyone. Brady even this year. Belichick speculated drama. That's what yeah. you're talking about. If I can sneak this in here at the end, just for any football nerds who might be listening to this podcast, what's happened with the Leafs this year and Mike Babcock reminds me so much of what happened last year with Mike McCarthy and my Green Bay Packers. Just a coach who like refused to innovate and just kept trying to do the same thing over and over and over again. And eventually management was just like, okay, that's enough. It's that the was a same long time, exact man. situation. Yeah. McCarthy yeah. was there for a long time, man. Same exact situation. And you look same at, exact you look at the Cowboys, you look at Jason Garrett. Yep. Oh, There's yeah. There's another one, man. Yep. It ha- it's, it happens all the time. I'm going to sneak one more thing in before we leave. Okay. All right. I didn't bring it up yet, but I wanted to bring it up this episode. I am on to Brendan Shanahan. This You're little on to honeymoon. Shanahan period where I just love him because he was like a tough hockey player back in the day, beauty, and he came in to a lot of good things. He he's he's in my crosshairs now, man. Think about this. They well, had he's, he's fully bought in Mark he's fully Hunter. bought into the Dubas. I know, which is why he's in my crosshairs. Like I don't want to be yeah. too like old old guyish here. But just, just yeah, you've got you've got an O You've got an okay boomer heading in your direction. Yeah, like just just think about just think about this though. They had Mark Hunter, who's one of the most like brilliant scouts of all time. Like that's his reputation and well deserved. He's done a lot of work. You had Lou Lamorello, a Hall of Famer who has won multiple Stanley Cups and has a take no prisoners attitude when it comes to doing business, which I respect. And then you had Babcock, who was like my least favorite out of three. And now 
you have a general manager who is a young man in year two handing out huge contracts and you just hired a coach who has never coached a second in the National Hockey League. Like that, Brendan Shanahan made a huge decision when he decided oh, he to leave the risk. old boys oh, yeah. club in the in the in the rear view mirror. Oh yeah, and decided to go with the new age. And oh yeah, he took a massive he, risk. He's he's riding or dying with this. And as of right now, it's not looking too good. So I Ryan, feel like if, we need to start holding Shanahan accountable for hey, this these decisions. If if this season goes downhill, if next season's brutal if this team continues to spiral right like, if it's this not blows just Kyle up, now man like I'm looking at up, him if this blows up it's going to be interesting to see how how it turns on him man like if, if this blows up like if this doesn't work if this doesn't work will he like I feel like he's got enough clout in MLSE that they may allow him to try tr- give it a second try but yeah, like yeah like i'm not talking about fired no no but like it's 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 interesting and uh, there there's a lot of talk about this in the last few days about how brendan shanahan was such like a badass hockey player and he is just completely bought into this kyle dubas like we're going all skill and he's he's protecting him man like yep. he, like today yep. Today, yep. him talking to those cameras. Oh, Kyle's in talking with the hockey team. That's yep. that's a that's a bullet taken. Yep, like oh, yeah. completely protecting him. Yeah, and it's just it's to me it's it's a clear sign that Brennan Shanahan went all in on Kyle Dubas, and if it doesn't work out this year, next year, year after that, however long it takes, he's gonna have to wear it. And oh, he's for got sure the, he is. either get fired like like it's it to me it's like I've been he's been bulletproof man yep he's been because sure bull- he Babcock was bulletproof for like two years two and a half years he's been bulletproof Brennan Shanahan's been bulletproof pretty much all the way till now for me you always yep. kind of look the other way because he's not really in the public eye very often he's the president he's not the general manager he's not the coach you don't really think about him as much but today like. He was the star of the show today. Yeah. Well, he said that he felt that he hired Babs, so he should be the one to come here and give him the news. Which I totally understand. That yeah. makes sense to me. I get yeah. it. Yeah. You need, and it's not about firing Mike. This For me, the reason why I'm looking at Shani, it's not like, oh, well, you fired Mike. No, it's like, I'm looking at you. And it's just, Mike getting fired today was just a realization that, like, this Dubas thing's real. Like, this yep. is the Dubas this is the first time to me where like one guy has had complete control of this hockey team. Cause Lou was there for a bit, but you always kind of knew Lou was a placeholder for somebody. Yeah. That was always the vibe you got. So the fact that Shani just went all in and picked this guy, gave him the keys. Now he has his coach. He's got, he signed all the big players. It's, it's totally his thing now. So yeah. now Shani has to go down with whatever Kyle Dubas does. And like we'll see, man. Like so far it's not looking great to me. It's it, it, they're not bad. Like it could be a lot worse. It could be the the Peter Horacek, Brian Burke, Randy Carlisle, Dave Nonis thing. It's not that. But for the expectations we have for this team because of the contracts, because of the players, because of the talent, like this could this could go either really well or extremely south. And I will say this again, it's November, so we're going to get three quarters of a season to really get a good look at this Kyle Dubas vision. Yeah. I think there's no better way to wrap up this week's episode than that, Ryan. It'll be really interesting to see what we talk about when we are back next week, next Wednesday, after the Leafs finish up this road trip in Actually, no, they don't finish it up because they're playing Buffalo after that. So next Wednesday, after they play the Detroit Red Wings, we'll be back. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.